What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, listeners. Have I told you lately that I love you? Well, I love you and thank you for listening. But this is a warning that the audio on this particular episode isn't the greatest. My mic wasn't set up right. It was in a kind of an open area and it was my fault. So the volume may be a little low at times. It's still a great show and the documentary I watched with Monty was fascinating. We had lots of thoughts and theories. And if you have thoughts and theories, you know how to reach me. It's at wait.what with three A's dot show at gmail.com. Enjoy. There's no pushback to that. Yeah. You know? Just do it that way. DNA manipulation is what they said oh, man, happened. Can you imagine? That's a whole other set of bathrooms <laughs> and restaurants now. That's, <laughs> I'm just a girl in front of a mic asking people to watch weird shit with me. Welcome to... Wait, what are you watching? (laughs) Hey everyone, it's time again for another episode of Wait, What Are You Watching? It's a comedy podcast where I reach out to people foolish enough to have come into contact with me at one point or another and ask them to watch a strange documentary and come on the show and talk shit about it with me. And today I've managed to course... Monty Schaller. Am I saying your last name right? Yep. Monty Schaller. Monty, welcome to the show. It's uh, good to be back. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, we're currently recording at The Siren in beautiful Mora Bay. It's, what would you call it, a bar, an alehouse, a pub? Uh, I think we're going for bar and grill slash music venue these days. <laughs> yeah. It's, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think it's one of the best places in Mora Bay, San Luis Obispo, I think, to see live music. Yeah, thank you. And it also happens to be one of the first places that my co-host, Paula and I did our first live show. That's right. So that was fun. Monty, what's your official title here at the Uh, Siren? Official title is general manager. So generally anything that needs to be done around here. Perfect. Which is a lot, I bet. It is a lot these days, yeah. (laughs) And it's uh, changed a little bit. I know that you guys did like a little remodeling. It looks, it's so much more open. It feels like it was just yesterday, but we're, uh, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary in uh, January. And uh, yeah, it went through an extensive remodel. This building is... uh, um, is over uh, about 100 years old, uh, one of the oldest liquor licenses in San Luis Insane. County. Um, so there's a lot of history, definitely some haunting stories and stuff like that here already. Um, but yeah, it got a nice remodel and uh, expanded a little bit, so it feels a little more open, feels a little tidier. But you know, you look around and you look at the brick and mortar and the floors. It's there's very some, cool. Some very original aspects to this the spot. It was called Happy Jacks. The sign yeah. is still up there, yeah, right? Correct. We got the old Happy Jacks sign. Yeah. So Happy Jacks from roughly the 20s when it opened as a grocery store. Oh my gosh, I didn't know <laughs> um, that. Yeah, all the way through 
through, I think Happy Jack's tenure went to probably the early 80s. And then it was the fuel dock for about a decade and a half. Mm-hmm. And then uh, most recently, the siren. The siren. Yeah, so a couple name changes, but the same uh, same bones. Same bones, same venue. Uh, where were you previously? previously? Uh, I was the general manager of Slow Brew um, and Downtown Brew on Garden Street for oh, many years. So that, that tenure lasted from about 2007 to maybe... 2016, I think, is when it closed on Garden Street, and then it relocated and kind of changed the business model. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I parted ways uh, with, with them after about eight and a half, nine years. And so what got you into, like, I guess this industry, this business? Oh, man, I completely backed into it. I was Did working, you? Yeah, I tell the story often, but the in a nutshell, I mean, I was working on cars and, and uh, fixing a vehicle for, at the time, the previous owner of Downtown Brew. I saw some posters in the back of her car and I was like oh man I went to that show and that show yeah and she's like wow you're like a big music guy huh I'm like yeah it's uh, definitely my passion and in my off time just going to see all these great bands that they were bringing right and uh, kind of snowballed into well hey you want to put posters up and get into shows for free and I started doing that oh and that's so cool one day the person who was tearing wristbands at the front door didn't show up and she called me and she's like hey I'm in a jam you want to make an extra 30 bucks today and come and help me for a couple hours at the door um yeah, Ika Mouse and Pato Bantan was my first show. You know, I was that guy putting wristbands and checking your tickets in at the door for a couple hours. Yeah. And that snowballed into management, and uh, here I am 12 years later, so. That is, so, I love stories like that, because <laughs> it's like, it's almost like you were meant to be, like, yeah. you know? You spoke about this place being haunted. Do you have any, like, specific haunted tales? You know, I wish I did. <laughs> Leading up to this, I was kind of so focused on the on the documentary and some of the sure. other things that are more personal to me. Sure. Um, and it really reminded me that a lot of people, in, my, in both my, my time at Slow Brew, um, you know, without any real specific scenarios, I mean, we had uh, multiple cleaning crews that would come in at night. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, throughout the eight years I was there, probably, you know, three or four different companies kind of took that that on. And yeah. At least two or three of them mentioned that, like, hey, man, there's some super weird shit that goes down in here at night. And really? I mean, like, yeah, they were like, you got, you got, we had this one man who didn't speak very much English and he would... I remember him very specifically coming in. He, hey, you got goats. And I was like, what? You got goats? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 at night, you got goats in here. Goats. And he was suggesting that the place was haunted and there was ghosts, you know? And I was like, oh, got it. And then he, but I couldn't, there was a language barrier and he couldn't really explain to me what it was that was triggering But, you know, downtown San Luis at three or four in the morning, yeah. there was all kinds of stuff that could have happened. So, um, but several crews over there. And then I had heard that, you know, there was a stabbing and a fatality here back in the sixties Oh man! at the current spot, Happy Jackson, uh, the siren where we're at now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple of people have mentioned that the ghost of the man who died here is, is still here. And yeah. Plenty of old timers in this town that spent their, uh, spent a lot of their money and their time here in this bar in the sixties and seventies and talk about weird stuff happening, but nothing real specific. I, I'm, didn't have anything prepared for, for uh, no, this particular one. But I think it's funny. a good environment for... I was going to say, like you said, fans. old bones, been here since forever. Yeah, some history in this place. Had you know? some deaths. Yeah. You can change mean, the curtains, man, but you can't, <laughs> right? uh, you can't get rid of the spirits. Exactly. Yeah. So this part of the show, uh, I like to call the probe. It's the probe. Ow! Oh, oh no, it's just questions. It has nothing to do with your butt. Stop bending over. You're making it weird. It's not as invasive as it sounds. Uh, it's kind of like just to at, like kind of see where you're at as far as when the paranormal goes, mm-hmm. like where your mindset is. Yeah. And for this particular one, since we were kind of talking about hauntings, in specifically, if you were living in a house 
What activity do you think would spark you saying, oh my gosh, this place is haunted? Okay, so I, <laughs> this one I do have a personal experience with. Oh, that, okay. Uh, that was always really intriguing. I was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. Well, I was born in, in a lakeside Arizona near Snowflake, which I think we're going to get into maybe later. But, okay. Um, raised for the majority of my childhood in Tucson. And my best friend at the time lived in this really old Victorian house um, built in the 18, uh, late 1800s. It's almost like standard 1800s houses are haunted. 100%. <laughs> it's gone through so many things, kind of much like this Happy Jacks building. But it had been a doctor's office, a brothel. It was right across the street from a convent. I mean, it just had a bunch of really cool history. And so when I met my best friend in freshman year in high school... And I, you know, I'd drive and pick him up in, from school in the morning and take him to class because he didn't have a car and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, sleepovers start to happen and, and I'd hang out there and it had, you know, closet hallway doors, like little trap doors and stuff. And none of that's paranormal, but it just led to some really like kind of spooky, weird hide and seek games. Yeah. Like you could get really deep into that house and start to lose oh, track of where you were. And it was probably like a five bedroom, four bath, like a three story, really big. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> he had a dog. And this dog wouldn't walk through a certain hallway in the house. Oh. And, you know, so my friend Paul, he would tell me, he's like, well, this, it, we, it's known that there was a murder because when there's a, or a, a death, when there's a death in a house, they have to disclose it when you purchase it. Right. So it's something old. And you know they don't have to do that in California. Oh, really? You have to ask. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but other places you do. I'm just saying, if somebody's going to buy a house, you have to ask. <laughs> well, I guess the old doctor in the uh, 20s or 30s uh, at the time hung himself in <gasps> this particular hallway. Shit. So I thought, yeah, what a great whatever. Story. And it was a husky. Huskies, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're kind of spaz, <laughs> spazzes anyway. So this dog refused to walk in this hallway, and we'd walk from this you know living room into the kitchen, and the dog. Every, every single time would just circle around, go through two other rooms, and then come through the other side of the kitchen. He wouldn't follow us in. Wow. But that was only two steps. We had to go all the way around. Not happening. And you try to push him in. That dog started growling. Whoa. Wouldn't walk through this hallway. And it was a cool story, but we didn't make too much out of it, you know, and tell people that. And they always got spooked and stuff like that. And probably six years later, that husky passed away. Uh-huh. That dog died. And they got a new puppy. That puppy would not walk through that hallway. <laughs> the same exact one, same scenario, just the most bizarre thing. And it was really that that was the one that really kind of piqued my interest. It was like it wasn't just a dog that had a weird ascent or just a, a feeling. It was another dog it was a too. Second dog, you know, to so, confirm it. Yeah, totally. So. Um, so you think when animals sense something, do you tend to trust them more? Yeah, it seems like a, there's definitely. An energy. An energy that they, I think, that they can pick up. They're but, attuned to. Yeah, they're, they, they are aware of much more stuff, you know, I think generally, you know, kind of on this dimension. That, that yeah. They're more sensitive to smells and sights and sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, something like that's kind of tough to explain. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with the animal thing just because they trust their own instincts. We don't. Yeah. I feel like when most human beings feel something weird, it's immediately, oh, no, it's this you know, immediately trying to excuse it away. And sure. something that old, I mean, why not? Yeah. If I mean, think about the kind of, like, imprint you leave during a stressful situation. I yeah. mean, we all kind of, like, put out some type of energy. Um, and then if he hung himself and something really bad happened, I can only imagine yeah. what's lingering and hasn't been aired out via sage. Totally, yeah. <laughs> so if you were, say you had a house like that, 
um, would you, uh, I like to say, would you attempt to communicate or turn and evacuate? Yeah. <laughs> Stay and learn or let the house burn? Well, you know, it's all good questions. I say, suppose it depends on the spirits, right? I mean, we are exposed to all kinds of stories of, you know, aggressive hauntings yeah. and friendly hauntings and things of that nature. So uh, a case-by-case scenario, I suppose. So if it was, like, more passive, just, like, a feeling, I probably, you probably think that you'd stick around, figure it out. Well, I think that... I don't know if I want to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I think kind of the more scientific uh, side of me would definitely want to try to figure it out. Yeah. Truly, I would. You know, my wife hates watching scary movies with me and stuff like that because I've always trying to figure out the end game before we get there. Sure. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes to the point where I'm missing the, the... the scary fun part of it because I'm trying to... <laughs> to logically, logically figure out the end. Out, right? Like, oh, it has to be... It's kind of like the whole, like, Scooby-Doo <laughs> situation. Yeah. Who's wearing the mask yep. here? <laughs> so sometimes I take the fun out of the fun <laughs> of, of the hauntings. Like, would you go to a haunted place and, like, do that investigating thing? Um, Like, me personally doing the investigating? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not... I'm intrigued by, um, you know... A Winchester House or, you know, Santa Cruz Mystery Spot, things that are sure. really, that are head scratchers yeah, yeah, in yeah. a sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love those things. Um, yeah. I don't feel like I have the, the bandwidth and the time and patience to take it on myself and <laughs> yeah. try to do the sleuthing. A uh, ride along with a ghost investigative team? Yeah, I would do that. Right? Yeah. That seems fun. And it's, again, it's really more, you know, as I think we'll hopefully we'll dive into a little bit sure. more. Um, I think I'm uh, a very skeptical believer. Like, it'd be foolish to think that, you know, these things don't exist, or especially, you know, the documentary, The Extraterrestrial Life from outside of our our kind of planetary system couldn't be there. Yeah. But I also do feel like, well, you know, some of this stuff is, it's it's hard proof, and you have to have that. Exactly. You know, not a religious person by nature. Yeah. Very spiritual, you know, kind of really believe in karma in a sense sure you know the power of nature mother nature and just kind of like the the energy that exists in the world but but really without a a tangible you know kind of way to 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 handle it you know like a better term i think you're like me where it's like ultimately my theory is i don't know yeah but i would i just want to learn more skeptical believer and and correct open and hoping that that we find something that we really really can like yeah accept on a massive level you know and that's what i saw a lot of in this documentary was really great proof stories in the sense of like video and and film and pictures and 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 testimony testimony but the scary thing about our world today is that testimonies yeah. and pictures and videos can be altered. Altered to the yeah, max. Yeah, to the especially max. In, and a lot of this stuff is old. Sure. You know, where, where altering was much more challenging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you, you have to kind of scrutinize that with a different level. But Yeah, you yeah. have to almost be in, like, the middle. And this kind of leads us to our documentary that yeah. we watched, which was Unacknowledged. It came out in 2017. If you guys want to watch it, you can watch it free on Tubi. I think you can rent it on Amazon and YouTube as well. And it opens with Stephen Greer, who I know very well because I've seen a lot of his documentaries. I've seen him speak a lot. And it opens with kind of like in 2001, he puts this project together and he had 20 military government and corporate uh, witnesses and they held a press conference in Washington, D.C. And that these individuals had these like firsthand experiences in what they call black budget or covert unacknowledged projects. And he mentioned that these projects are, you know, 
taking at least 40 to 80 billion a year and that essentially it's just to kind of like I mean to put it in a nutshell he's saying this these discoveries are being held back to the American public and this was in the National Press Club and it was the most watched event in history yeah um and that um there's just this kind of documentary where they're saying that they it, these projects are unacknowledged these projects that are being done right yeah and so what did you think about that? I think for me, the military and the government, ex-military and government, that holds a lot of weight for me, I think. Yeah, well, I, I agree. And, and uh, so a couple of things struck me. There's a lot to unpack watching a documentary like this. Um, the opening was not fun about showing, like, us bombing each other. Yeah. Starving children. Like, I was like, dang. Yeah, I mean, it, it was much more than just a, uh, I mean... Really, if you pay attention to this documentary, I think it's it's way beyond just you know extraterrestrials and, and hoping to de- get declassified information about a spaceship crash. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is more of a it's kind of like a uh, a philosophical um, oversight to really what's happening with the world today, right? And, and, yeah. Uh, and how you know maybe keeping some of this information from us kind of keeps all the unity at bay. I mean, that was really kind of the lasting impression I got, right? And, and yeah. you see it in the movies like Independence Day, and it's kind of the joke. It's like, well, man, if if something if something came, all of a sudden our differences wouldn't matter, and we'd unite. And we'd and, unite. And, uh, and that's also kind of a sad prospect as well, you know, like all of a sudden intelligent life comes from another place and visits <laughs> right. us, and of course the first thing we want to do is fight it. Right, so right. there was a lot of that kind of angle to this video, <laughs> and it's probably true depending on how everybody feels about the current uh, temperature of the State of the Union these days. Well, I always say the government is why we can't have nothing nice. Yes. Because if there's something really beneficial to human beings, I feel like it's weaponized or monetized yeah. immediately. Well, and when one of the most uh, important kind of angles, and I didn't feel like they really glossed, I felt like they glossed over it in this documentary, but they mentioned yeah. it several times, was the technology that is reported to exist as the kind of stuff that eliminates our need for fossil fuels, yeah. um, you know, uh, agriculture. I mean, all kinds of basically imagine living with a, uh, a completely brand new alien technology that allowed us to um, improve our, our way of life and, and not be as dependent on some of these, the powers that be that seem to be overseeing all this stuff. So right. that's kind of where the skeptical of me jumps in yeah. and makes it really tough to believe that not impossible to believe. I could definitely believe that there is a structure and a power that, that kind of manipulates us enough to make sure that they are in control of, of resources and, and monetary mm-hmm. systems. But something like this, I feel like this is always, this is the one thing that everyone's always wanted to know that's a big game changer. Yeah. Right? On any given day, you wake up and you watch the news and there's, you know, COVID, there's, uh, there's shootings, there's typhoons, yeah. there's all kinds of weird dramatic events and they strike you and they yeah. impact you. But then kind of life goes on and we go back to normal, I know. unfortunately, right? Yeah. But this is the one, right? Uh, aliens yeah. jump off a ship and, and uh, you know, we get to meet them or dissect them or we find a dead one and we get to really explore some other yeah. um, that exists in the in the universe. And life every day is different after that. Yeah. You know I mean, it feels different. It, it would so, be a big deal. That to supersedes be- uh, making money for Exxon, I guess. Yeah. Or it should. But so, so it gets really skeptical for me trying to anticipate or trying to process that. Yeah. You know, yeah, we still got to make our money. We can't let people know about this. You know? Yeah. I mean. And I think it's control. They open up with um, Mikhail Gorbachev 
said the phenomenon of UFOs does exist and it must be treated seriously. And they open with Carl Sagan claiming about, you know, like it's an old footage of him saying that, yeah, there's no evidence of UFOs. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And this is when Stephen Greer's like, well, we got a ton. And that's when he's pulling out these um, kind of like, you know, like Richard Doty, who was the counterintelligence officer for the airport or the Air Force. Um, He was a special agent at Kirkland Air Force, and he was briefed into a special access program that involved investigating contact with UFOs and extraterrestrials. He's like, what? (laughs) And that it started with this Roswell crash. Mm -hmm. Basically, why they think it's such a big deal is because this is actually where they obtained not only a ship, but bodies. And one of them was still alive, Mm -hmm. died in 1952, um, and they said that this craft, basically, they started to reverse engineer sure. and figure out a way, like, how is this possible? And a lot of those, uh, you know, definitely the reverse engineering of spacecraft, when you compare some of what people think they saw, you know, 60 years ago when the stuff was really first starting to generate some traction versus the aircraft that we see now, Stealth Bomber, I think, is probably the most notable publicly recognized version of something that looks like it's not from this world and right. mimics some previous aircraft. I mean, it's really believable to... That's not a far stretch, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, being believable and being evidence or proof is a is a, is a big leap, right? Exactly. And that's the kind of thing that we always battle back and forth with. Right. A lot of this stuff, man, looks like a duck and smells like a duck, but, yeah. you know, we don't know it for sure. Right. I don't think. And, and this testimony from all these experts and, and a lot of these ex-military. I mean, that carries a lot of weight. This isn't a guy, you know, in his basement, like we talked about, that's just right. ranting about something he's passionate about. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about military qualified personnel that seem very nervous about suggesting this information. But yeah. that also triggers kind of a question for me about, like, well, there's a lot of speculation through this whole entire uh, documentary that, you know, this is really heavily classified. I mean, there's a lot of threats that came along with if you were yeah. in the know and you were part of these operations, that there was threats to be erased. Right, right. The specific word that they right. used. And lo and behold, here we are watching a documentary on a very accessible free platform with all these people now talking about it. So yeah. At some point, the fear of repercussions maybe has passed, or at least they're just kind of in the I don't care phase. People have to know, which is a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, the, the the doctor from Roswell that allegedly examined the bodies. Yes, yeah. We've got an 85 year old man who's just sitting here talking about dissecting alien bodies right. in his in his mortuary. And yeah. No repercussions. It seems kind yeah. of peculiar, right? So yeah. But at I, that point, where is the threat? And if there is no threat, then why aren't people really bringing it to light? So my theory on that <laughs> is Project Bluebeam, which I've looked into, and it seems crazy, but it's kind of starting where it's like. And Stephen Greer said this a long time ago, maybe about five years back. He said, here's what will happen. They will acknowledge it when, you know, obviously all these people come out. Because I think with these military, these ex-militaries, they're out of the military. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe after a few years they feel safer, especially the guy talking about Roswell. Right. A few years back, you know, they feel a little bit safer. And... In an open forum, if they're talking about UFOs and what they've seen, 
and all of a sudden they're snuffed out. Pretty suspect. It's pretty sure. sus. So, I, I definitely considered that as well. Right? Yeah. So, but also, he, Stephen Greer said, they're going to eventually acknowledge that UFOs exist, which has recently happened sure. in just like the next two years. And then they're going to spin this thing that, oh, my God, we're going to have to, you know, um, survey the air. They're going to come as and like as an enemy, as if they're going to come. We have to figure out what these guys want. Sure. Um, and yeah. it, it, it's funny because my friend sent me an article um, that basically said there could be seven galaxies that are coming t- towards us like violently or they're going to be violent, which is hilarious to me because it's like, no, they don't exist. Oh, but by the way, there's probably at least seven that's going to want to fucking kill exist, us. they do exist, they definitely want to screw us up. They definitely want to <laughs> kill us, which I'm sorry, but like if they're that technologically like advanced, I mean... You saw that in the documentary, it stated specifically that when we split the atom, there was a whole lot of sightings of aliens and UFOs. Basically, like that one story, the guy said that they shot something up and they wanted to blow it up in space. Yeah, they launched a nuclear warhead warhead. to do a nuclear space test and the, the project failed after, you know, people in the tower during launch command sighting a craft coming to it shooting a beam of light they didn't say laser but they said yeah. a beam of light on one side and mm-hmm. then it immediately rotated went around to the other side of the rocket while it's launching in orbit it's not <laughs> right. stationary on the pad so this thing's tracking it in orbit yeah. as it's going through the atmosphere and then it went to the top of it shot another beam and basically like it was almost taking like a sonar type picture of what it was and then seconds later this warhead tumbled off and lost contact and, and fell yeah yeah so pretty intriguing stuff. I mean, I definitely um, was very intrigued with the nuclear yeah. uh, warhead, um, you know, kind of a vibe with what the aliens are doing. You know, they're, they're seeing some disruption and detecting this somehow and very interested in kind of what, what man was doing on their planet, you know? I mean, yeah. That's a, a really kind of a, a, a neat piece to think about. Yeah, that you know? they're going, I, I have this this thing that where they're having a meeting, like, sure. who left the science project? <laughs> Yep. run amok here totally. because it's it's like the monkeys have gotten out of the cage yeah. and are now trying to throw feces at us <laughs> if you take it to another level right and so right. man has split the atom nuclear capability we've got nuclear power i mean we're evolving on a, on a level that's definitely piquing interest from other folks in the galaxy yeah and, and they're not attacking us. They're not violent. They're not, you know, I mean, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with the whole idea of like, well, if they are out there, you know, we got to protect ourselves. And I, I think that ship sailed. Yeah. I think if they needed and wanted our resource and they could have coming down here probably would have been here and done that by now. Yeah. So, I was uh, like, they could. We're not. I mean, yes, we're probably scary and that we're very, I'm sure, in comparison to them, we're very primal. Yeah. But just like how we are with, you know you know, uh, animals, we can dart them and do what we want with them. I feel like that's the same way. So this whole kind of like narrative of, oh my God, they're going to attack us now that we know that we're up there feels a little like it's a stretch. feels like us. Yes. It feels like that's how we would do it. You know, I mean, it just, yeah. And I don't group myself into that because I think it's terrible as well as I imagine a good portion of your listeners and, and general people out there. I mean, right? Like we don't we're not looking to start a fight if we don't need to, but yeah. I feel like that that's the way things get sold to, to people is, you know, your tribe against their tribe. Yeah. And it's been like that on planet Earth for 
millennia, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the way to control people is to kind of split them up and let them attack each yeah, other. Yeah, everyone's protecting their space yep. and their, their, their families and their tribes and their, their locations. And, yep. and even on the same planet, you know, other people become the enemy if they encroach on, on what's yours. And so right. the next logical step is anyone from outside the, the planet coming and encroaching on our planet. So Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting, like, all the different things that they were seeing. Like, we were talking about the nuclear weapons. One of the ones that they were saying that they were t- kind of testing, but they were in different areas. These nuclear warheads were in different areas, mm-hmm. and they all shut down. And the guy was like, they are not connected to each other. If yeah. one nuclear warhead shuts down, it doesn't affect the rest of them. Yeah. But it happened to be, like, the, he, the, he got a really, this kind of, you know, higher up got a call and was just like, dude, like, everything's shutting down. We don't know what's going on. And these are definitely really cool, like, as we talk about the tangible and non-tangible evidence that's yeah. out there. These are non-tangibles, right? They're, they're eyewitness accounts. Yeah. Um, but they're documented through, I mean, again... Um, the host of the documentary is showing documentation where there are yeah. reports filed of guardsmen seeing, you know, uh, lights and, and unexplainable things at the guards and these ops, uh, these uh, Air Force bases that are out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And those are very suspect. And yeah. for a guard to call and report it and have to document all that kind of stuff, I mean, there's definitely some really cool paper trail you know but paper trails are again they're just so hard if there's nothing that we can that the masses can connect to to see them and, and really digest them you know and that's the documentary is a lot of paper trails and i think too what Stephen greer was uh showing like we could all look that up they're all like kind of de- there was the certain timeline of the where and they're classified yeah. i think gave way god in early 2013 a lot of it um so a lot of like declassified or you could actually look it up i looked up um, one of the things that I looked up uh, that was a declassified on the FBI kind of website you could download was when they started to experiment with mental telepathy yeah. and being able to control and see things. Again, a wonderful thing for human beings to possibly, like, wow, we yeah. may we might have access to that. Mm-hmm. We might have that in us to be able to go beyond just, like, the basic five senses. Sure. But, of course, what was the government doing? They're trying to weaponize it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a clip of Buzz Aldrin who, um, Buzz Aldrin, man, yeah. bless his heart. <laughs> bless his I heart. Like I do like Buzz. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's kind of like you know he's right there. Yeah. Where it's like, I admire Buzz Aldrin, but there's sometimes he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I would love to interview him. Yeah. But he says he said like we need to explore. There's a clip of him saying there's a monolith in the moon of Mars, and there's something that goes around Mars in seven hours all the time. And it's like, do we trust this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I trust anyone. You seen the clip of Buzz punching the reporter yes. in the face? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Buzz, don't that, play. That yeah. <laughs> Buzz, don't play. Yeah. <laughs> And Greer himself, because, you know, he's been around people with top secret clearance because his uncle helped design the original lunar module and the first put the men on the moon. And uh, they start talking to and that's how he starts talking to, like, you know, like heads of state kind of figuring this out. And when he was figuring out, because I guess he saw, he had his own experience when he was about nine, kind of been fascinated with it. And when he shared it with a top official... He started to later find out that the top officials and even the president don't really know half of these things. And that when he exposed it, I forgot, I have his name down here. 
they asked for more information. And they're like, yeah, you don't need to know. Yeah. And he was like the attorney general, or, uh, you know, and they're like, yeah, you don't need to know all yeah. that. We've all heard of energy drinks. Heck, I used to drink it on the show and we all know it's not good for you. But have you heard of productivity drinks? I had not until I was introduced to Magic Mind and tried it out for five days. When I tell you, I felt the effects immediately. It cured my midday yawns. You know, that time after lunch, but before going home, I would get tired. I would grab a coffee, energy drink, and got way too jittery. But with Magic Mind, I didn't have to do that. I drank it with my morning coffee, and I was good to go. I was able to focus, be creative, productive. This drink delivers without the jitters. Ha! I just made that up, I swear. What's great about Magic Mind is that it's good for you. It's got matcha, adaptogens, nootropics. You could go check it out yourself. I'm certainly a believer. Go to magicmind.co forward slash what with three A's and use my odd squad discount code at checkout what 20 and get 20% off your first purchase. And if you get a subscription, you get 40% off. You've got nothing to lose with those caffeine shakes. So check it out. The the idea of concealing this stuff from, I mean, there's, um, you know, a lot of interviews with Obama and, and um, yeah. uh, Ford and, and uh, uh, Bill Clinton on there. Yeah. Things of that nature, you know, where they're, you know, hoping to shed some light on this kind of stuff. But really, you know, the, the nexus of this interview or this documentary is suggesting that none of these people are involved in this. It, it's a whole side category of the government that, that the government isn't even really, it's funding. And, yeah. And, but not even aware of and not even letting the people in control of what we believe to be in control of the government be involved or, or aware of it. And know? that's what they're saying were scary. Hold on a second. I don't know what's going on here. But that's what they were saying was scary because nobody's manning these projects. Yeah. They were saying, like, what, $2.3 trillion was unaccounted yeah. for? That we're paying for it, but we don't know how. We don't know we're where it's time. going. In charge. We, they're just, uh, I mean... If there ever was some type of correlation to kind of the X Files, you know what I mean? It really yeah. felt like that. Except that, I mean, at least in the, you know, in the the idea of the X Files, it was a, a known category, just really kind of like brushed to the side. Brushed to the but side. These ones are not even brushed to the side. They don't exist. They don't exist. They don't exist. That the president doesn't even know because they're saying the president is a temporary employee. Yes. He's only there for a short amount of time. That was an interesting angle, and really, right? kind of, yeah, in theory, you know, kind of much like a. Uh, I was thinking about it, it as like kind of like a football team at some point. Brand is larger than the individual. Exactly, because right? we can always find another. The brand will always be there. Exactly, the, the Raiders are always going to be the Raiders, but the head coach, the players, the star quarterback, while they're really uh, replaceable, they're very replaceable at some point. And why give them the information? Yeah, they don't control the brand. Exactly, they just play for the brand. So it feels a lot like that right now, where you know. And they kind of touched on Kennedy yeah. being like kind of trying to delve into it. And maybe that was one of the reasons. All right. So I mean, <laughs> go that, for it. the elephant in the room, <laughs> right, is that Marilyn got snuffed off yes! because she knew about the aliens. I mean, let's it, it finally makes total sense. Well, I did. So I watched this documentary on Marilyn. I did a show on the whole conspiracy. There's a lot of things they didn't cover. The like conspiracy of her death. Of her death. Conspiracy tied into... All of it. Okay, and was that part of it? Was that brought to light even at that they point? Didn't ex- they didn't expand on the alien thing. They, this one was pretty specific. Yes, they, <laughs> and it was on paper. Yeah. But they did say that, okay, so essentially what happened was she start her and Bobby started, you know, mm-hmm. pillow talk, and it, she she became more of just like a boink, if you, if, I mean, for, to, for lack of a better word. 
And stupid Bobby kind of ran his mouth, and she started giving her opinions on things. She started giving her opinions on nuclear warheads. She thinks that she thought it was wrong. They actually thought she was a communist because she was friends with super, super liberal, right. you know, and she went to South America. They tapped her phones, and so they told Bobby, like, you need to cut it yeah, off with her. Totally, it's a bad look. Yeah, it's a bad look, <laughs> and you're talking too much. So Bobby allegedly, on the day that she died, went to the house and just be like, because she had been calling, like, why are you ignoring me? What the hell? And trying to call John F. Kennedy, too. I feel like she was more involved with Bobby than she was John F. Kennedy, but one time it's both. Um, So Bobby Kennedy went there when he was in town, and what the theory is is he said, I cannot communicate with you anymore. She got pissed. And was like, well, fuck you and fuck your brother. I'm going to out you guys. Yeah. I'm going to tell you everything that you've told me. Da, 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 da. And allegedly, he, they, the, the, whoever he was with, the, you know, the bodyguards or whatever, were kind of holding her back. He leaves, but made sure he left. And no record of it showed that he was ever there on the state until much later when they looked back into it. Right. And there was records of him using the helicopter, you know, at a nearby. Um, And so what they're saying is, yes, that's what happened. But they... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. I don't think they killed. One theory is they don't think they killed her per se. They think they tried to sedate her and it was too much. Got it. Because the ambulance, their people, the ambulance worker were saying that they took her. But she died on the way to the hospital, and they're like, shit. Brought her back. Brought her back. Oh, well, she's been in the psych ward before. Let's just say she <laughs> overdosed, but they they never did any autopsy. Um, when they the toxicology report never came through, um, there was no glass of water to take the amount of pills that she had had, and there was no pill residue uh, in her. So that's why it's, like, questionable. But this one said it's because yeah. she knows about the aliens. Well, and, and I think that's part of it. Did I... Did I miss it or did I get it incorrectly when I was watching that documentary and it suggested that he maybe even took her there did I was that did did I glaze over that because I internalized it at some point that in addition to leaking tons of information to her that he took her that that he brought her to to witness some stuff I have to go back through that documentary and check out the Maryland part two yeah for the viewers out there when you get to it yeah Yeah. take a peek at that and let me know if if I missed that incorrectly but I I was under the impression that in addition to all the information he was leaking to her that he took her that he brought her to see I mean I wouldn't old Bobby was hung up on Maryland I think (laughs) he was like whatever you want girl yeah and it was supposedly they said like even like pictures of Marilyn 
with Bobby or JFK, they took it all. Yeah. There's only one existing picture. Was that one during his birthday? Wow. Backstage. So it's it's crazy, and they were even saying that there are people in the media that are there to kind of like, yeah, you could let that go. Yeah. No, you can't. Well, would anybody be surprised to really hear that? <laughs> For these real. Days? I mean, the media is obviously a. It's a corporate dynamic. run. It is, and it's, and you know, I mean, we know on any given day we can watch one of eight different <laughs> media stations and get totally different spins on every yep. story, you know. So a lot of times we're kind of creatures of what we want to digest yeah. and hear, and and the way we want that narrative yeah. spun, right? So yeah, things like this are really intriguing. There's a lot of independent news sources out there. It's hard to even trust that, you know. Yeah, there's a very divisive kind of like you know, left and right right now and mm-hmm. people are getting information and, and suggesting do your research and, and go sure. you know, don't listen to CNN or don't listen to Fox. Go where do we do our research? Right. YouTube. Exactly. You know, that's, a, that's a scary prospect also, man. I mean there's some really yeah. neat eye opening head scratching stuff to watch. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's all true exactly. either. Exactly. You know, so we have to be very careful when we when we say do our own research you got to be careful with that, too, because where are you researching? I think about scientific process, learning about that when I was in, uh, you know, sixth grade in 1985, man. Yeah. <laughs> scientific process is, is doing your own research. Yes. We don't do that anymore. We watch links on Facebook and YouTube. Yes. And that's not research, that's unfortunately. Exactly. Like, research, I mean, it's tough. It's muddled out there, which is why my stance is I don't know. Exactly. I say the same thing. Do your own research. I'm like, well, I'm not a scientist. I can't. And also, know? it's like you have to do your research, but in the sources, you have to go back on those sources. Yeah. Like, who is this person? Totally. What's their agenda? I What's know. The, You know what I mean? We're so- a very lazy society <laughs> these days, so we watch the Facebook video, and we think, like, you know what? Yeah, that... That feels how I feel, so I'm yeah. taking that one. And, and and also, it's different than what you see on the news, so yeah. that must be true, because the news we all know are con artists. Right, so it's like, who's the con artist so, at this so point? If, so if it feels like, I feel like, I guess, in a nutshell, if anyone watches independent medias and or information, it feels more truthful, because why would that person feel... They that have, person is too small to be right. steered by any of the, the larger corporations or yeah. anyone with an agenda. So yeah. it's probably true information. Yeah. And there is... Uh, you know, there's probably a little bit of truth to that. Yeah, I mean, it, you definitely have to hold skepticism on both ends. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, I think it's harder for, like, the older generation, you know, back in the day, when the news source was the source, sure. the end. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a lot harder for them to believe that maybe they're getting missiled. Maybe there's, there is psychological warfare on you. Yeah. And also, like, you know how you said that we, we can't do it, – it's people are lazy to do their research or it's hard to do research. But also it's like everyday life is making people not have any time at all sure. <laughs> to kind of open their minds to things. I mean, the fact that we have to, like, schedule mental wellness – which seems like it, it should be natural, but, like, people are on the hamster wheel. And I think a lot of news outlets take advantage of that fact, sure. you know, that people are busy and people have bills and we're just in the everyday life, you know, that there is an advantage to that of keeping people busy and the grind because I feel like if people were off of the grind, you have time to think. Yeah. You have time to actually probably do research and yeah. figure out how it all happens. You know what I mean? Um, and like the whole, well, you know, they're saying, you know, when I think of when you people put, cons- oh, conspiracy, th- it's very dismissive. And that's my whole thing, too. Sometimes when I tend to want to do research is 
what are what are the mainstream media fighting against? And let me look at in, look into that. Like, yeah. what are they claiming to be conspiracy theories? Because really, just that saying will let you go. Oh yeah. So, what would be the biggest um, benefit of you know the the powers at V keeping this conspiracy still? And now, as we talk about, they are leaking information out and in mm-hmm. press conferences about hey hey. No, they're not admitting necessarily extraterrestrial life, but they're admitting UFOs mm-hmm. uh, or unidentified objects and things of that nature, phenomena. But yeah. what's what's their angle? In 2022, you know, we're talking 60, 80 years past some of the, the biggest and, you know, most groundbreaking UFO sightings and kind of the beginning of that mm-hmm. that world. Like, what is the benefit now in 2022 of still keeping that? Hidden. Hidden from the public, and hidden is kind of a strange word. Yeah. I feel hidden, but at least it, it's not, not accepted. Right, not or not legitimized. Not legitimized. Like, yeah. What, what now in this modern, it's hard to imagine it in 2022 in the, the world that we live in now where anything could be concealed on that level. Yeah. And this is beyond, this documentary really focuses on the United States government, you know, our localized areas. Yeah. Much like uh, COVID even, this is not a localized pandemic. It's yeah. not a localized um you know, theory. This is a global thing, right? I mean, yeah. How how in twenty twenty two is are the global powers completely connected to to hide this? It feels that that's one of the things that really makes me feel skeptical about. Well, I of course we don't trust our government. Sure. For the most part, I yeah. get it, but I feel like there's other places that maybe the governments are operated differently and have a different agenda agenda and, yeah and they're also deciding that the best thing for mankind is to keep this one under wraps yeah well i mean they, they did say that the french government totally came about this a different way yeah that was yeah toward the end of the document. yeah and i don't think all, i don't think all of governments i think the governments that definitely have sway you know like definitely the united states definitely great britain and it's old 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 power yeah. it's old 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 money this is how it's always been we can get away with what we want whatever we can make happen happen we're not making the money we're having people make the money and yeah. i think when you're entrenched in that because i think we can't even fathom that kind of totally agree. level of power level of money <sighs> level of control and if it's been kind of how it's been in old old family yeah you know like you know the rothschilds and everything that's how it's been they've there, always there was one paper that was signed by a rockefeller did you know right that? yeah and yeah I was sitting there scratching i'm like eh, eh, yeah it's about right <laughs> yeah i feel like if it, when you get to that level of power that's hard to give up and also i think there is a certain scare of Maybe if they let people do their own thing, if if they, if they loosen the reins a little bit, it could uh, the power would switch and the, the sure. struggle and yeah, the you, money would. You've lied so long, you can no longer ever tell the truth, right? I mean, you, yes. you get that same kind of psychology with certain people, murderers, and and people right. who commit crimes, and they go through, and it's like, man, there's just no way yeah. that you're innocent, but you're still holding on to it. Like you've just yeah. gone so far and told so many people you didn't do it and tried to get out of the yeah. of the lie that you yeah at some point you believe the lie, right? Exactly. Like pathological liars they start to believe their own lies. Right. And I feel like it, it does have kind of that overtone to it. And I know? think also like all the bad shit that they've done that has been under wraps. 
opens, like opens that yeah, up. Yeah, what if it all comes out? Sure. And then it kind of just ruins. Well, how much of it is woven together? You know, the, the Monroe's, the Kennedys, yeah. the stuff we don't even know about. And, you know, how are they involved in that whole thing? I mean, yeah, yeah. you start to open up Pandora's box, it can get real messy. So yeah. I mean, it feels very desperate, like it's zero hour exactly. for this stuff, right? Like that box is, they're just yeah. they're holding it down with their fingertips and it's trying to open. <laughs> I mean, I think like a lot of the reasons why they want, in the very beginning, especially the whole like internet. And how they were trying to like control what was going on because they did. I don't think people realized how, I guess, massive it would get, how much information would be shared, and how much control they don't have now. You know, now when you Google, whoever paid the most is the top of the. Imagine back in the day when you would Google whatever came up, came up. It was like a free for all, and they're not trying to have that shit. It's kind of like Facebook accusing TikTok of breaking into your. You're, you know, oh, they're going to look into your... I'm like, Facebook, you've been doing that forever. You're just pissed that the money is now going to TikTok. It's kind of a bigger version of that. But ultimately, I think what was most frustrating was when they brought up Tesla and how he had discovered this kind of, like, free energy. Mm -hmm. And it was just... put the kibosh on that like because if you think about it it is a domino effect like you know if we get free energy there is no fight for oil there is no ruining the environment and all the money that they would lose against that and then the guy that supposedly invented the car that can run on water Mm -hmm. they put the kibosh on that before he even could get a patent like it's insane what they're probably holding back. I mean, if you think about it, just because of pure money. Cool. And plus, we would know what the pyramids were for if we can figure out. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done a show on that. <laughs> so it's just they're saying, like I, I put here, government full spectrum dominance can't have nothing nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Can't have nothing nice, and and they were saying like the really really high ups like Dick Cheney, Ben Rich, they don't care about ranks they just kind of care about like are you going to go with the agenda that we have right and it used to be just with the military industrialized Mm -hmm. complex but now they're saying the intelligence community is basically being infiltrated as well so like if you're a scientist that goes you know what yeah i think aliens are this and that and it's like there's ridicule yeah I don't think so much now, though. I think the tides, like you said, the tides are turning. They were still mentioning that in academia and the media that Mm -hmm. there were people, like the ones that really ultimately, you know, pull the strings Mm -hmm. and and approve what information gets out there um, are on payroll. I mean, they suggested the amount of money that, that truly were being paid to these people, whether they were believers or not, in order to push a certain agenda through yeah what we're digesting and again i mean there is 23 trillion that we can't account for there's a lot of money pushing around (laughs) yeah it is you know it's really hard in a small town in morro bay where i'm from and i've got a 10 year old and a or a nine year old and a a seven year old yeah they're going to school and it's really intriguing knowing having personal relationships with my kids teachers in a tiny little circle like yeah i think that's still on some level the information that was brought down to them that they're pushing through our classrooms yeah is filtered and or biased yeah now uh, you know all kinds of different side conversations, Columbus and and sure. War and things like that. I mean, there is a narrative there that's been pushed for years and years and years. But to think that in this tiny little community, on some level, we're still seeing the after effects of people in the chain of command at the higher up in universities or any other type of scenarios like they're suggesting in that documentary. Or that's a that's a lot to chew on for sure. It is, you know? and that's what they were suggesting. There are people in the media's 
people in academia that are that are 100% steering the information yeah. of what we get. Of what we get and what we know. And then it's hard to split, like, you know, like, where we try to be skeptical. But your first inclination, and where does that come from? Your first inclination when somebody says conspiracy theory or the government, this, the first inclination for most people is, ah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Which is, like, that's something you kind of do have to fight against. But also, you have to fight against believing every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. It's this fine line. So many moving pieces to keep secrets and to keep information on this level in this modern day and age. Yeah. It's really hard to process. It could still be, you know, that Kept under wraps. So I think, like, at the, I think the best thing that they could do is basically ridicule it and or... What they've been doing with the UFOs is slowly acknowledging it yes. and figuring out a way to have it fit their narrative. Which, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is, of course, um, making it like they're going to attack us. Yeah. Well, in the old days when Travis Walton got abducted, they just said he was on, uh, you know, on psychedelics. And that was they were just a bunch of hippies, hippies up in the mountains, which they were. <laughs> yeah. I got firsthand experience on that one, so you know, <laughs> like growing up in that, that neck of the woods, there was a lot of hippies on psychedelics, but for sure, you know, but, I mean, but uh, that was the easy way to push it. But yeah, they're just you know because what the balls and you know, like, right? It doesn't matter, you know, and also psychedelics were like, oh my god, you're gonna go crazy. Yeah. When now, I think we've done more research. Psychedelics are you know in some situations pretty darn good for you. Sure. And it does open you up. And is that why they're keeping it under wraps? Like, that why alcohol is okay? Is that why tobacco is okay? Because it dummies down your vibration. But God forbid your mind opens up to different things. Like, you've heard of, like, I'm fascinated by stories about the DMT experience. When people take DMT and they freaking go somewhere else. And it's pretty similar, the feelings, like, what people see. And it just makes you wonder, like, what are we not seeing that's beyond this kind of, like, physical shell? And that's our, my last episode, we were talking about, like, the alien brain and what our brain is actually, like, capable of. And it's pretty fascinating, but also, you know, it's hard to, there's no science to back it up because nobody wants to touch that. Because then you're just crazy cuckoo to think that there's telepathy or we can open up a third eye. Just very fascinating. I think that's why I do this because it's like I love talking about it, and I love. I think this is my own way of checking myself. Like, am I believing this too much? Like, I, that's why I like to talk yeah. to other people. Like, and then you know when we we're talking about like when I talk about uh, Project Bluebeam, this false flag, this illusion of threat, like that. You know, you use illusion of threat to attack yourself, and you blame the desired enemy easy to unite people Um, and that's kind of like what they're saying that now that UFOs are real they're a threat and oh my god we should all unite and beat the bad guy Well, and in a sense while that is you know just to kind of contradict myself earlier isn't that a a romantic idea I mean definitely I say that based on the 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 state of the world today today, man it would be pretty intriguing and kind of nice to see people get together and start you know, you know, thinking about uh, a common goal, goal versus anything else. Now, the idea of de- destroying a, <laughs> a living creature from outside <laughs> the planet it's while a- it's totally us, <laughs> yeah, not necessarily the most romantic uh, idea in the world. But so is, I guess that kind of counteracts the whole idea of like, man, we can't give this information to people because they're going to lose their mind and, and mm-hmm. the whole chain of 
mm-hmm. command and power, mm-hmm. you know, crumbles if this, you know, gets out. Yeah. That, you know, Project Blue Light is kind of the exact opposite of that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, really is, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what the angle would be on that it, beyond. It would be uniting. interesting. Yeah, because I was like, well, uniting, but also what power play are they going to push that we should all do now yeah. because of this? So there was a scientist, Vernon von Braun. He was a top scientist brought from Germany after World War II. Uh, He invented the B-2 rocket for Hitler. He was the chief architect of the Saturn V rocket for NASA's Apollo moon missions. And he had a deathbed confession, and he... We need more of those. Right? We need more deathbed confessions. He said that there is a plot to use these alien reproduction vehicles to stage an invasion from outer space. And they were saying, first it was the Russians, then it was the terrorists, then it's third world country crazies, Mm -hmm. and now it's the alien card that's going to pop up. So, you guys, if you start seeing articles about this, there's one article, it's an engineering uh, article, Four Malicious Extraterrestrial Civilizations. How do we know? But they're malicious. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they the government's got all the secrets, so now that they finally release it and be like, you know what? Yeah, okay, they're real. We found them. Guess what? They're coming to kill us. You know? So now that's that's how they push your agenda, right? Like, you got to leak a little bit of that information to get a, a little bit of um, street cred, you know, and then you can manipulate it into what you want. I don't so know what to believe, man. Maybe that's their angle, though. You know? My brain is just... Yeah. And But it, it, it is interesting to be on your deathbed and, and allegedly now again, this is where my skeptical self comes in. Right. Who was there? Who recorded, who recorded it? Recorded it. Who's identifying this? Correct. I mean, here we are talking about it. Uh, Notarize that deathbed confession. Exactly. <laughs> and and while I love the idea of deathbed confold, you know, oh man, Oswell didn't, you know, uh, act alone and all this kind of. You know, who knows? And, and yeah, it's kind of like if you bring something to court, right, in order to prosecute, you have to have some hard evidence. Otherwise, it's not going to go through. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You have to have hard evidence. But when it's just hearsay, anybody can say whatever. Yeah. I can say, oh, by the way, I got in a touch of, you know, so-and-so, Admiral so-and-so, and he said this. Yeah. Like, who knows if that's true? The one thing that I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. Um, they, you know, the, the psychological warfare that they're saying that, they're, you know, so that when they prep against this alien attack, we're being indoctrinated and we don't know it via movies or whatever. Right. And he was saying these cattle mutilations that mm-hmm. people have been seeing and actual abductions. They're saying that they're using people with defects to, to fool people. I'm like, that's a little, that's a lot pretty pretty aggressive but i mean since there's 23 trillion dollars missing i guess that's they could true find it. we keep forgetting <laughs> about this 23 trillion that's missing out of our budget that's funded <laughs> for these black ops um but yeah. the abductions i mean i the, the abductions i always saw as like you know when we you know when we drug animals and we look I always think, oh, they're, of course they're abducting they're us. They're feeling. Well, that, that's an animal would probably feel like that, right? Correct. I mean, um, right? Like, tra- what happened to Travis Walton? Travis, with witnesses and things of that nature, disappeared for Dropped five, off. five and a half days. Where did he go? Nobody knows. He just shows up, and he believes it to be true. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, um, you know, everyone passed the lie detector test. You and know, he was put was with him. under I mean, hypnosis, and it's like... 
same thing. Yep. They all saw the same thing. Seems like a very aggressive and uh, well put together scheme in 1970s government in order to now <laughs> the long game years later <laughs> right. come around full circle to be like, yeah, we were doing that to get you guys ready for whatever's happening in 2028. Right. So, I mean, it's it's it's. Um, not impossible, but yeah, it definitely starts losing some of its credibility when you put it in that kind of context. Yeah, and also, like, kind of my theory, too, like, if the aliens were to attack us, it's not going to be human ways where we bomb shit, you know, and try to take over. It's going to be very subtle. We're not going to know it. It's going to be hybrid alien babies. Like, why not? Body right? Right? Like, abduct a few people, boop, boop, boop. Put them back down, have some kids, abduct them, poop, 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 and slowly we're them. Yeah. That's a very intelligent way of going and about and it. And not aggressive. And not aggressive. There's no pushback to that. Yeah. You know? Just do it that way. DNA manipulation is what they said oh, happened. Imagine? That's a whole other set of bathrooms <laughs> and restaurants now. That's, <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> <laughs> just let's just let like let it be you know like the roman bathrooms let's just have toilets <laughs> outside fixed problem fixed yeah. um and then at th- towards the end it kind of talks about you know our it seems like our communication if there is interplanetary communication that we shouldn't be dependent on the government because their agenda is completely different from us. And this is when they were talking about the French initiative. And they glossed over this, and I, I'll tell you why, because there is another documentary called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind that kind of goes into this. Okay. So the French initiative is kind of learned protocols to make contact with the civilizations for peaceful engagement. Um, and basically, they're going off of the theory that, you know, everything, I mean, whenever we hear about abductions, aliens do mental telepathy, and that's how they communicate. And I also believe a lot of their ships is energy and not physical nuts and bolts. That's just my theory. Yeah. That's probably why we can't get a decent picture of it. Well, and also kind of validated in the documentary as far as the Roswell experience and the people there. Right. Identified like, hey, there were no flight you know, engineered controls in there. It was literally like a smooth skin inside, and, you know, there was headsets. There was headsets. And they would use kind of, you know, hand controls in a sense of not joysticks, but necessarily like, you know, iPad, touchscreen. Yeah. You know, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And think about maybe they realized they learned about the Roswell class. We're not going to put people in there anymore. We're just going to have a ship that's just completely thought out from... Drones. Drones. Space drones. Space drones. Exactly. Nothing in it. Just go... You know, so what the CE5, which is an actual app that you can download on your phone, CE5 is basically a certain way of meditating to communicate. And they have these like groups, like there's one happening this Saturday and there's different groups from all over the world and you just communicate and they have video of actual you know, unidentified flying objects, allegedly, I don't know, sure. but it's pretty good, uh, you know, it's good video of, you know, these groups doing this, and then here it comes. And so that's what the French initiative was, and the goal is to kind of, like, kind of over, like, just kind of surpass the government in making our own contact, and that's a whole other documentary that they go into. It's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, yeah, which is... I think the same, and it also involves Stephen Greer, and a lot of the same kind of thing. But again, there he's basically saying we need to skip and not let the sociopaths be the one to communicate for us. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know, take some weed, (laughs) have a psychedelic, and communicate on your own. Let's have our own bar side chat. Got it. (laughs) So uh, ultimately, what did you think about it? Um, I mean, would you recommend it to somebody who was interested? I would definitely recommend it. I, I am almost to the point where within reason recommending all information like this to go for people to explore it and check it out. Yeah. Um, I definitely plan to make my wife watch it because she was asking me, you know, while I was prepping, like, what are you watching? Yeah. I told her, and she's like, oh, interesting. And she and generally believes in this kind of stuff. She's like, I know there's stuff out there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Never seen it, no personal experiences, but again, it just seems foolish to be so naive to think that it couldn't happen, right? Right. But like everybody else, I think hungry for something really uh, admissible and believable that just uh, the masses could kind of accept. Although, yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, a spaceship could crash on the intersection right now, and we could put on Facebook Live, and and, uh, and people would say it was fake. Everybody would be divided on whether it's true or not. <laughs> exactly. So, at the end of the day, I don't think we're ever going to get the resolution we all crave. Unfortunately, Which, unfortunate. Unless it's on a mass scale event, and even then, I'm not even sure that it would be believable by everybody. But there's just so much out there yeah. that I think I would be paralyzed. Yeah, but you I know? Do think I think this documentary is worth it in the sense of while it. It doesn't feel off the wall. It doesn't feel um, conspiracy theory in the sense of like believing everything. And exactly, it was really well structured, yeah. really well put together. The cinematography, the editing, I mean, yeah. that level too. Even the technical level, it was well done. And, and yeah. I mean, we're creatures of the information we get, and when something feels well put together. Um, like that, it feels more believable than yeah. some guy, like I said, just in his basement, you know, <laughs> recording it on his iPhone. Nothing wrong with that, but yeah. it has a different scale to it. And so I really enjoyed that. Um, and you break it up into two parts. I broke it up into two parts. I think it's about an hour and a half or yeah. just a little under. Yeah. So break it up into two parts and check it out. But it's totally. really interesting. And it's neat seeing a paper trail from, you know, the government and classified stuff that's been released. And really, that's what I liked about it. It was yeah. structured really well in that, like, they had the Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Yeah. Uh, so there wasn't just kind of, I mean, I you've talked about other documentaries. I've seen other documentaries on Amazon where, and I've covered them on this show, where it's just kind of like, what point are we making? Yeah, and it's there's chaos. It's chaos, and yeah. it's just a lot of hearsay, where this actually, like you said, when there's paper trails and military involved, it does kind of, like, get your attention a yeah, little bit more. I, I like that. It gets your attention. Still, paper trails are tough to believe, especially for sure. paper trails coming from the government that we are so accusing of. Concealing, uh, concealing. And, and manipulating us. They forgot they, to declassify, Monty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> somebody, somebody uh, uh, dropped the ball on that yes. one. They forgot to press classify again. I know for and thirty it, years. Right, and it just makes the argument of like, ah, what do you believe again? Right? I know. I mean, here we have these people that are manipulating us, but it's like, well, now we're gonna let some of that information <laughs> out, and it won't be that big. Of a right. Just, and then I always like, oh, so now they believe on UFOs. Why? Yeah, totally. exactly. <laughs> Why are they wanting? to acknowledge it now it's done by design there's a purpose behind it and so the the speculation is that's again kind of like i keep going back like what's the angle yes what's the angle so and i think yeah ultimately this is a good one to watch with your other friends who you know like it's a great discussion piece yeah this is a good one for maybe the people who really aren't as accepting or don't want to believe it or really have the million and one questions to, to counter every single point. Yeah. You know, I mean, this yeah. is, this is one of those nice ones. It's just really a little bit tougher. It slows them down. They're not going to have as many questions, not as many yeah. argumentative points. Cause some of the stuff seems very factual. Yeah. So, yeah. which again, is kind of what we're all looking for and craving, you know? Yeah. But, 
Uh, yeah. You know, still no pictures of alien bodies. Still, <laughs> I mean, they're like, no, we got the. We got they the had that in. little one. We got the bodies. We got, we got them frozen in lockers. Right. Marilyn Monroe got to go to Area 51 and see it. I mean, there's a lot of like really good movie uh, stuff there, but you know. Man, the under. I want to find an uh, a documentary about. The, you know, we're talking about these the caves. The underground underground caves are really underground bases, mm. and that all these people that are disappearing from national parks experiments. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fascinating to me, but I definitely recommend this this particular one, and also Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind is kind of like a part two to this, yeah. because they start talking about like communicating on your own, which sounds crazy, but the way that he does it is pretty good. I mean, Stephen Greer is uh, pretty legitimate, I think, sure. as far as all the people that talk about UFOs that and whatnot. He's a very well-spoken, educated man, so yeah. and it really lends, it makes you feel more comfortable listening to someone like that talk than some yeah. guy who's just, like, wandering around the street <laughs> with a blanket over his right. Like, right, and there, I remember we. I was watching a documentary, and there title was science teacher or dentist. I'm like, why do we have a dentist? <laughs> yeah, this guy's a trauma doctor <laughs> and very involved in the government, so like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'll listen to him. His uncle made the lunar module, yeah. like, this is not some dude that they picked off of Walmart. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Monty, yeah, for coming fun. on to the show. Really quickly, the siren is in Morro Bay, so yeah. if you guys are local, come on by. What do you recommend? Drinks and food. Oh man, we were there's so many. COVID, we weren't allowed to do music, so we leaned real hard on the kitchen keeping us open because we became a restaurant for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and so we we have really nice food. Man, I ate the pork belly tacos <sighs> on green hatch uh, chili tortillas. Oh my gosh. Um, with a homemade uh, sauce on them probably every day for the last two weeks for dinner. <laughs> I mean, I can't. So, I mean, we got the best tacos in town. Uh, we've got a really nice appetizer menu. Uh, old fashions are really hot right now. We've got a great old-fashioned menu. We've got some infused maple whiskeys and a couple of, uh, we've got a ginger whiskey, and we have actually a, a pineapple whiskey that makes a really good old fashioned. Pineapple whiskey. Yeah, that's so I think right now. So old fashions, you know, we make a really good traditional with some aged bourbons, which are awesome. Yeah. We've also got some infused whiskeys that are making really good ones, and we use all fresh garnishes, and, and uh, we have a nice bitter selection. So our craft stuff is really good. You can also still, it's more Bay, man. Come in and get a $3 PBR, a happy hour, too, in a can. It's no yep. problems. Yep. We wear, wear many hats here. And then, yeah. Uh, Concert calendar is booked right now. Oh my gosh, I see the live music. Yeah, that's, uh, that's literally only a two-week span right there. It's too. insane. We're doing about five shows a week, every Friday, Saturday for sure, but some of the coolest shows we do are touring bands, you know, and we catch them on Tuesdays and Wednesdays while they're traveling up and down the coast. So yeah. really, really great midweek shows. I always tell people those are the ones don't sleep on them. Right. So if I feel confident enough to book a show on a Tuesday night, it's because I think they're really, really cool and that they should... They should uh, get some fans out here to see him. So yeah, definitely stop by, you guys. Again, Monty, thank you so much for joining me, and yeah, hopefully pleasure. we can do this again. I'll find a good Travis Walton documentary. Yeah, let's do it next time. Fire right? in the Sky. We'll just do yes. Fire in the Sky. Oh. And... <laughs> Which is pretty much a documentary. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. I'll see you next Friday. It's time for Common and Review Highlights. You write and you review, and I read it on the show right now. Today on Comment and Review Highlights, imagine my excitement. I got a direct message from a fan from Scotland, a new fan, Sharon. Thank you. Not only that, but Sharon had a great, scary story to tell me. And this is what happened to her one night last August in Edinburgh. This letter needs some music to set up the scene. One night, my cousin and I went on one of the spooky tours in Edinburgh. 
It started at 10.30 p.m. and we were to meet our tour guide at a spot on the Royal Mile. There were around 12 people of mixed ages. The tour guide told us a bit about where we were going and what to expect when we went into the underground vaults. He said some of the vaults were used by Burke and Hare, the body snatchers, to store their victims before they sold them. In one vault, we were told to stand in a semicircle around the walls, but not leaning against the walls, with the tour guide at one end telling us of an entity slash ghost that was infamous for scratching, pushing, marking anyone who dared enter into his territory. It was a male around three to four foot tall and walked with a limp foot as it had been reported on some occasions that a step drag, step drag could be heard. He had long fingernails that scratched his victim's ankles, legs, and grabbed at their waists. This was not the entity that my cousin and I felt. We were halfway around the room with a few people to the left of us, an Asian couple to our right, then two guys to the right of the couple, then a family of three. We were listening to the tour guide tell us of the short ghost, but that wasn't the entity that my cousin and I felt. We sensed a tall male that lurked just behind us for a few minutes, then we felt him move away. Then suddenly, one of the two guys next to the couple shouted, Hey, what did you do that for? To the couple next to him, and in broken English, the man said, Sorry, no me. And the guy said, I've just been pushed, was it you? The poor Asian guy started talking to his wife, and they both looked scared. The guy that was pushed was a bit shaken, so the tour guide led us out onto the street for some fresh air. It was dusk, and the street lighting wasn't great, so we were told to watch our step as we came out. We came down a few steps, slowly. My cousin and I were last. We came down a few steps slowly, and I stepped down on the road saying, Watch, it's a high curb, to her, and I turned around to help her down, and whoosh. She looked like she had been pushed from behind, and she almost fell face first into the street. But the guy that broke her fall and caught her was the guy that got pushed inside the vault. I said, Oh my God, are you okay? I am, thanks to that guy. She twisted her ankle, but could have been a lot worse. She said, Someone shoved me. Did you see who it was? I replied, mm, no one was behind you, and the others are still coming out. She said, oh well, guess it was the person that was in the vaults. We carried on the tour, but nothing else happened. When we were saying goodbye to the group, the tour guide said to the guy that was pushed to see if he had been marked, and he had scratch marks on his neck. Sharon, thank you for sharing that very creepy story and how neat that Burke and Hare store their bodies in one of the vaults. That's insane. And guys, if you have a story to tell or a comment or a review, you know it will be highlighted on this section of the show. So please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, comment on any one of our my posts on social media, or be like Sharon, who's super cool and wrote me an awesome story to share with you guys. I'll see you guys next Friday. Bye.